Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the show this week. I'm excited to do a trend report update with you. I know this is always one of your very favorite, favorite topics, and it's going to be a good one. So um, as we get into the content today, I have two announcements for you. The first one is... I have finally created the Facebook group. So I have been talking since earlier this year about creating a no negativity, how to sell your stuff fam, public Facebook group. And today is the day that that has happened. So you can mosey down to the show notes and grab a link straight over there and go ahead and join. So the, the whole point of this is if you've been here for 10 minutes, literally, you have heard me talk about how I find the typical public Facebook group for Etsy for Etsy sellers to be really negative. They tend to be harsh. They tend to be a lot of complaining. They tend to be kind of just like me, like people laughing at each other. And that is, is it's not the vibe. <laughs> and so I wanted to create a place where we police that. We don't allow it. And I'm not a big rules person, but for this kind of thing, I am. I think that being a new entrepreneur or at any phase is a really sensitive thing, a gentle thing, and we need people around us who are going to support us, uplift us, answer questions, help us, and that is what I wanted to create for you guys. So please go ahead and join it, answer the membership questions, um, or I won't be able to approve the your application into it. Um, it's gonna just tell you what the expectations are in the group and make it very clear that there's just not gonna be any warnings for harshness, meanness, whining, negativity, just dissing on Etsy, that kind of thing. I hope you'll join us. It's going to be great. I'm not going to be like super, super on top of answering every single other question because you guys know how full my plate is. This is more a space for you. I will be in and out. I will help when I can. And we are going to have several moderators helping as well, but it's mostly a place for you. I am most interested in making sure that the culture of the group remains a positive one. And that's where I'm going to invest most of my time. So just know that, but I'm sure I'll surprise you here and there. Um, so yay. And then the other thing, if if by some chance you are actually listening on the date that this drops, it is Thursday, December, I keep getting this wrong, so I'm making sure, Thursday, December 14th, tonight is my very first ever group coaching call um, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you've ever wanted one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, um, but you know it's it's typically to get me alone by the by the hour is hundred and forty seven dollars an hour, and that is not doable for a lot of people, especially in this economy. But but sometimes you still really need a shop review. You need someone with expert eyes looking at your shop, your listings, and all of that. This is your opportunity to do that. It's only thirty seven dollars to join. You can be there live, and you can get the replay. Even if you don't know what to ask. 
you're going to get to see how I coach other people and you'll get to see it's all, what's amazing is it's always the same. It's just switching up the niche and personalizing it a little bit. So you'd gain a lot from it that way. But you can come ask your questions, have your shop reviewed. I'll be on there for an hour and a half. And as of this recording, there are not a ton of people like under 10. So you could definitely get some one-on-one -on -one attention on there if you would like to join. And I will hopefully you're listening the day of. If not, no big deal. If it's a if people end up liking it, I'll do it again. Um, but that link will be down there as well. So the purpose of today is to go over the 2024 trend report that Etsy has just released. And um, if you've listened to one of these before, they have changed it a little bit. I, if I'm honest, I'm just the slightest bit disappointed, but I don't know, maybe as we go through it, I'll, I'll get over it. I feel like they've included less data. Um, typically, they provide a lot of percentages, like the growth year over year of what searches are um, on, a, on a phrase. Like they'll say, oh, this one's grown by this much percent in terms of searches. There's some of that. I'm going to share them with you, but there wasn't as much as normal. So it just felt a little more bare bones, but still interesting. Um, but we'll just, we'll, I'll go over what they shared, and I think it will... It'll absolutely help. So just to um, to talk through how to use this information. So first of all, the most important thing about being successful on Etsy is finding places of demand. That's why you hear me talking about micro niches and finding, finding places within the really big saturated niches that haven't been hit yet. And um, that is something that this report can help with. It's obviously these are going to be busier niches, but you can then drill down to micro niches within them. But what's important to know is that these things are in demand. Because if you are trying to sell us something, I don't care how awesome it is. I don't care, you know, how much your friends all say you should sell it. I don't care if you've never seen anything like it and everyone should need it. If people aren't searching for it already on Etsy, then the marketplace isn't going to do you any good. Even if your SEO is perfect, your photos are perfect, your listings are perfect. If there's no demand, it doesn't matter. So... This information is amazing clues about where there is demand right now and, and even potentially more importantly, where the um, Etsy experts in terms of like the people who work for Etsy that look at the data, where they see it trending forward going into the next year. So this is a bit of a sneak peek. So as you hear some of these things, they can, um, like maybe you're not quite sure how to apply it to your shop directly. When in doubt, you can always apply it to your seasonal branding. So it could it could go up onto your Etsy banner, you know, the header that goes at the top of your shop. It might you might tweak out some of your um, the graphics that you put in your listing photos to help describe more about the product. You can make them a little more seasonal with some of these influences. Um, or like, let's say you make stickers, and so you hear all of this information, and nothing is specific to a sticker but you can incorporate themes into your design. So some of the things they're saying are really popular and that there's a lot of searches for, you can incorporate those things or colors or styles influencing into your designs a little bit as you create the next batch of stickers for your shop. Or let's say you sell digital downloads. It's not even a physical product. Well, you can keep, let's say you sell a template for social media posts and you've got some that sell really well and you're like, well, how would any of this, I don't sell fashion or decor or gifts, like it's digital downloads, well, you can take some of the things that are really trending and incorporate them into what you've already got. So what you would do is you would take that template thing that's selling great. You're going to leave that one alone, but you're going to copy that listing and you're going to copy that, that product. And then you're going to tweak it for, for example, with the color of the year or with other um, influences that we'll talk through like styles and things like that, that you could then change up some of the, um, 
the appearance of your of your package that you're selling. So there are different ways that you can, even if you don't sell these exact things that the report is talking about, those are some of the ways that you can use this information. So um, just before we go into kind of the list of all of the things they put in the report, I always like to use this um, this recording to also tell you any big updates that have happened on the Etsy platform. This is a really like easy place to do that. And there is one that I think is so awesome and that I wanna make sure you know about. It's been out for a little while now, but Etsy added a new feature called Share and Save. And they say that you, what happens is when you share links to your shop or your listings, you can save money on the transaction fee that Etsy charges you for doing business on the platform. So. The base, base fee on anything that you sell on Etsy is a 6.5% transaction fee. Whenever you sell something, they take 6.5% off the top as their fee for providing the marketplace. So when you now share your own links and someone buys from it, if you're sharing on Instagram or Pinterest or you're, you're ranking in Google or you're sharing you know, on your own podcast or, any, or your own YouTube channel, you're sharing your own links it's going to take off 4% of the transaction fee, and that is epic. I'm linking to the article if you want to learn more about that in the show notes, but basically you share, you save, and I think that's amazing. I've been with some of the new um, shops I've been running. I've been playing with Pinterest and Instagram, and I'm definitely getting sales from those places, and it's really fun to see that I'm only getting charged a 2.5% transaction fee. So I think that's an amazing update. I I feel like Etsy with that is kind of answered the heart cry of the seller being like, care about us, <laughs> please care about us. And that to me was a really nice way of doing it because a lot of people complain about the fee. As someone who's run my own websites before and all of the expenses that go along with it, I personally think that the Etsy fees are really fair because they are providing a massive marketplace with tons of infrastructure. They're handling taxes for me. They're sending me traffic. Like to me, it's a no-brainer, but I appreciate people have different opinions and maybe think it's easier to run your own site. But as someone who's done that, and by the way, even trying that right now in a little side project, no, I'm like, I'm more hardcore Etsy than ever. They make it so much easier. So that's an amazing update. All right, guys, if you've been here for a bit, you've probably heard me say that if you want to beat saturation in the biggest Etsy niches, you've got to find a way in by using micro niches. So a micro niche is a smaller niche within a niche. So for example, the mom niche is massive, right? And if you get on Etsy as a new seller and try to sell a mom sweatshirt, you're probably never going to get found or even make a sale because the competition is just too crazy. But if you pare down to a micro niche, such as like a NICU mom or catcher mom or doxy mom, now you're onto something. You have a better chance of penetrating the market because there's still some demand. People are searching for those phrases, but there aren't as many sellers trying to compete in those micro niches. So how do you find them? How do you, how do you go about finding a micro niche? One main way that I find them is by using Sales Samurai, which is a third-party tool that gives me SEO clues, like big time. And you can see my YouTube tutorial um, to try it. There's like a three-day free trial in the um, that's available in the show notes link if you like. Look at, the, look at the video, get the trial, get the discount code. But I've also created for you a free list. I've done the research for you, and it's a list of 100 keywords in various micro niches that all have demand without crazy competition. And you can snag that also in the show notes if you want to get a sneak peek at what the data looks like and how, um, where you can find some areas of opportunity that I have found in my constant SEO research. 
I hope it helps. And more importantly, I hope it inspires you to hunt for the micro niches because that is your ticket to crazy success on Etsy. So let's pop into the themes and color and all of the details of this year. So for 2024, the theme of the year is romance. I, I guess that's great. I, that surprised me. I'm just like, are you guys just leaning too much into Valentine's Day? But apparently they're seeing trends toward love and romantic vibes. Um, and so that's very interesting. The 2024 color of the year is the perfect shade to complement the theme. It is going to be, be the color Berry, which marries rich red and blue tones, adds depth to 2023's popular pinks. I'm actually reading this little excerpt from the report because you just, I just can't say it better than they do. And is flexible enough to carry through the seasons. It also taps into a trend we're seeing around food and fruit motifs and works really well for small accents. Think of Barry as the more grown-up version of the hotter pinks we've been seeing, says Etsy trend expert Dana Isom Johnson. The new shade is more relaxed, more versatile, and undeniably romantic. So um, if you pop over, I always include a link to the trend report that they publish in case you want to see it. Again, I don't, there's not, usually there's like a lot more to it and I can only cover some of it. I feel like I'm covering the bulk, um, but it might be worth popping over there to look at the photos of the berry shades because what I found really interesting is that it's not just one color. It's like an entire palette of anything that could be berry. Um, which is lovely. I mean, honestly, if that actually sells and helps us, I feel like that gives us a lot of possibilities. So very interesting. So let's pop over into gifting um, and talk about what the trends are going to be this year for gifting. They kind of go by holiday a little bit in the beginning for first quarter. So the first one is going to be Valentine's Day. And they're seeing it lean towards um, a day for love for all, meaning like think beyond just significant others and Valentine's Day is more and more for also for kids and extended family and friends and coworkers and pets, which is just precious, and members of the community. And I wonder if this kind of came out of the, I think, overarching cultural thing, which I think is beautiful, where we're making it less about a romantic relationship. Um, I don't know, you know what, this makes me think of my kids, especially my one-year-old now, they love Daniel Tiger. And I love it because I was a Mr. Rogers neighborhood, just hardcore fan as a kid. And so the top, the nod to that just makes me so happy. But um, there's, they always celebrate different holidays on there, but they don't call them by their name. So they call Valentine's Day Love Day. And there's a whole episode about Love Day on Daniel Tiger. I do think as a culture, we're moving more towards that. And that's really nice for people who maybe have like lost a loved one um, or are single and don't want to be or are just maybe in a really, really in like a hurting relationship that's just not in a peaceful, loving place. So I think this is maybe going to soften Valentine's Day a little bit. And, you know, for those of us who want to keep it romantic about our partners that we are completely head over heels for, amazing. There's nothing stopping us. But I love this, that it's extending past. So one of the fun numbers that they included is that this is particularly like hitting hard for the pet niche folks. And there's an 18% year over year increase in searches for <laughs> on Etsy for custom dog gifts. I, I, I think it's just, it's going more and more. I, in fact, um, a guest that I'm planning to have on the podcast in the next, in the next month or two, um, hand makes all kinds of like costumes and outfits for cats and things like that. It's an absolute riot, but this is such a thing. It's a trend and she's killing it. So hello, pet people, or if you're looking for a niche, getting into the pet area, 
make sure you look at like the legal side of that and make sure you pay attention to um, requirements and what's happening in that niche. But I think it's brilliant. I think there's a lot of money still to be had there. Jewelry sellers for gifting, charming jewelry. So necklaces and other jewelry flaunting heartfelt charms are only getting more popular. This is so interesting. Isn't the, the past just keeps repeating itself in these, um, in these trends. So expand your charm offerings to align with a wide range of interests and hobbies from sports to cooking. That is really interesting. People are wanting to, I think it's a personalized thing, right? We want to be like, oh, that's me. Um, and, and we identify it more when with it more and it feels more connected to us as a gift when it feels more thoughtful and personalized. So there's been a 106% year over year increase in searches on Etsy for gold charm necklaces. Super fascinating. Very interested in how sellers make those things like as a maker, but I'm not a jewelry person. You guys are amazing. I don't know how y'all do it. If it's like a punching kind of thing, but charm necklaces back in. Go hard on on all the micro niches because they will sell. Like look for the places where, and you're not going to be searching for charms. You're going to be searching for like, like you would look at dog breeds, for example, and you would see which ones are there a lot of searches for on um, maybe like Sale Samurai or something like that. I should include a link to that for y'all in case you don't have Sale Samurai yet, along with, I have a little tutorial that shows how I use it. Sale Sam, um, and I have a coupon code so you can do a free trial with them and then you can, I have a coupon code, three days free. And then it's only $8 a month with my coupon code and worth its weight in gold because like, for example, that free, um, uh, you, this is a great place to start too. The, the 100 free uh, word, micro niche words download that I have. Um, I should be explaining this to you better. Free words. I'm making, I'm making notes as we go. This is always such a cluster of an episode. So um, when I tell you to find micro niches, you don't want to just go and do a dog charm in this particular application. You want to find out which ones are being searched for and aren't super saturated. So on my list, I've come up with, a, I've done the research for, to find a hundred micro niches, areas that have demand without the saturation. And you can get that free download in the, um, in, in the show notes, but you can also get Sales Samurai, as I was mentioning, for only $8 a month after a free trial. I'll give you the the video to show you how I use it, but it will help you find them for yours. So for example, there's probably some colors that are undersaturated. There are probably some, um, definitely some hobbies that are. So if you were making the charms, don't just make the generic ones, go do the research and figure out where there's more searches than there are competing listings. And you'll know that you're, you've got a sweet spot to make sales and get your whole shop's ranking to go up. Okay, I'm off the pedestal on that one, but it's extremely exciting to me. Um, next, practical and personalized items continue always to do so well. Custom entertaining things like charcuterie boards, yeah, those have those have been on um, on a roll for a while now. Uh, also, whiskey decanters, really really nice. So things that make like practical things that make a host's they're calling it toolkit um, more robust work great. Nostalgic tokens. This has also been I feel like a lasting trend a little bit here. Um, oh, they're referring to lockets. Offer a practical, romantic way to hold treasured memories. Um, and then they're seeing, especially in worn patinas and vintage styles. So as you are, this is this is interesting. So no matter what you sell, you can pay attention to the fact that nostalgia is still in big time. Personalization, customization in big time, especially in entertaining. If you do digital products, there are things you could make for entertaining. People need like maybe uh, name tags for a for a table that they're setting, or they need you know um, 
wall art or they need table signs, things like that, that you can do in a nostalgic, in a nostalgic theme with berry accents, right? And then worn patinas and vintage styles. So these are things that can come into anything you're designing. Think vintage, think patina. So it's more of how, how the application part. The next one is I think really important. So if you're multitasking, come back to me on this. A big one right now is decadent textures. So we're seeing, we're continuing to see a passion around like fabrics and feelings and textures and velvet. They're saying that there's for velvet, there's been a 4,304 year over year increase in searches on Etsy for personalized velvet jewelry boxes. That's fascinating to me, but I mean, I suspect if you did some research around velvet, and in fact, adding to my list, I want to look into velvet, you would find that there are many opportunities for things that are velvet, even digital textures. So uh, like um, if you were to make scrap, like let's say you make sc digital scrapbooking, uh, what's the word? Where There's like an actual professional word for it that is escaping me right now, but the actual pieces that go into the scrapbook, you know, some people will create a page that the buyer can then print out and then they can cut out the shapes, textures, words, whatever de designs that you have on there for them. I'm really mad that I can't think of that word. Y'all are screaming it at me. I know you are into your into your speaker and I'm really sorry. But um, you can definitely have, add, make sure as you're designing for this next year, create some nostalgic ones that have some velvet textures. So there we are. Um, oh, another one with a nod to the color of the year, berry everything is a theme, opt for rich and rosy tones or sweet fruit motifs, fruit motifs. Is everyone hearing this? No matter what you make, fruit motifs are big. That's This is like at least the second time they have mentioned this trend. This is not the first report it's shown up in. Paper goods, apparel, and decor. Okay, I'm going back on what I actually am loving this trend report. So there's, there is a vibe to it. I'm loving it. Artistic experiences. So uh, people are, this is like, this is like uh, on the piggyback of the pandemic, crafting kits, especially for kids. Um, yeah, 250% year over year increase in searches on Etsy for kid crafts. Also, yes, please. Uh, offer imaginative fun and teach youngsters the magic of DIY gifting. I, I think these are big for adults too. I would not just focus on kids, but look and see where the demand is. Is there more, are there more searches, less competition for kids, adults? Maybe even get more specific than that if you can. Age ranges are really big because the craft that a three-year-old would do is very different from the craft an eight-year-old would do. And as a mom of kids really far apart, I am searching by age. Another one is nautical nods. I This is blowing my mind. Sea life and beachy decor are finding their way into winter months. Interesting. As mood-boosting Valentine's Day gifts. I mean, I guess we love water. Um, interesting, though. I wouldn't go too hard on the nautical or at least do your research first. Interesting. Neutral hearts. Okay, so the shape of the heart in a palette of nudes and creams. So for Valentine's Day particularly, they're liking it to feel seasonless and like kind of calming. Very interesting. Evergreen decor. I think this is a big one for all of us to listen to. I think that um, heartwarming decor that works beyond just the holiday offers. This doesn't make sense. Offers shoppers flexibility and lasting value. I'm wondering, are they meaning evergreen? Okay. I misinterpreted this. Evergreen as in works year round, not evergreen as in um, natural greens, evergreen tree themed. It's more evergreen in the sense that we use it in marketing, meaning that it works all the time. So things that are heartwarming that work all year round. Um, people are, are loving that, not having to switch it out so much. I think we're all going a, a touch bit more minimalist or at least thinking about it or at least thinking it sounds sexy. 
Next up is everyday items um, are big. I love this. This is the practicality piece, the like less is more household staples like mugs, dish towels, um, serene pastel hues, and special handmade touches. I think handmade touches is huge. You know, you're seeing this resurgence of things like fabric dinner napkins that are embroidered or um, handkerchiefs that are embroidered, you know, things like that. They're everyday, but they feel special. They feel elevated. And, uh, and, and that, like a nice texture and a handmade item, chef's kiss. Next is sentimental greetings. So cards are affordable and extra thoughtful ways to spread warm wishes. I always think there's an interesting opportunity if you like to be a handmade person and you like making cards. Um, I think there's still huge opportunities. I think a lot of us like want to get back to that physical handmade thing. And if you've got, if you sell a card, I mean, yes, the right design on a print on demand card, great. But if you can make one and there's luscious texture to it, there's just, it, it's more than just a feast for the eyes. It's a feast for the fingers, the touching it too. I think you have a huge potential there. So for clothing makers and print on demanders, uh, another big one that's hitting the scene is couples hoodies, which is wonderful because that gets your order, you know, your item per order up. Sweatshirts in complementary and matching styles are trending as well as those featuring anniversary dates. So take a look at that. There's a 14% year over year increase in searches on Etsy for couple hoodies. Oh my gosh. And then you could get into family hoodies and like look for creative ways to do it. I'm sure everyone's already got one for their Disney vacation. Also, by the way, massive trademark infringement. You're going to get kicked off Etsy if you do Disney stuff. But things for other trips too. like look for other ways to do that or not just that. Like what about family photos? What about um, what about like everyone's going to grandma's 90th birthday party? I don't know. It seems like there are some really creative ways that you could not just do couples hoodies, but you could also tap into the whole family. Take a look at it. I think it's brilliant. The next one up is going to be the decor trends. So we're going to talk about the year, the you know at least first quarter decor trends that they're seeing. The first one is going to be flexibility. So um, people are drawn towards modules, modular systems that are offering you know versatile, uh, they like a versatile setting. So people who want their furniture to evolve with their lifestyle. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are selling furniture, although I know that there are a few, but even in smaller decor, um, think about things that could serve more than one purpose, especially for smaller spaces. That I think would be really wise. The next one, <laughs> they're calling it curve appeal. So we're look we're liking gently rounded shapes, I think, rather than the sharp edges. There, um, people are drawn towards cozy, like things that create a cozy feel and harder edges don't do that as well as a nice gentle rounded edge. The next one is denim decor, which had me cackling when I read this the first time. So from throw pillows, quilts, placemats, sturdy denim is in for living spaces, textures. That's probably, so again, if you do digital things, for example, or stickers, like keep in mind denim colors, texture, it's all going to be, it's all going to be a vibe. And then my favorite boho details. There's an appreciation for artistic handmade details continue to trend in interiors. There's a 50% year over year increase in searches for boho wall art. I don't think we're going to see boho go anywhere anytime soon. Um, expert woodwork. So carved designs, interesting finishes, collaging of wood veneers to form patterns, all big. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I'm excited to see that. It's kind of like wood signs on steroids, right? We're going to a whole different artistic expression with layers of wood um, and artistic expressions there. 
earthy edges. This makes me happy. My heart is singing. For an organic modern look, consider replicating the unfinished quality of live edge wood and harder materials like stone. Okay, I'm wondering, so like anything that you design, if you do things like birch bark or wood or things like that, consider considering consider including the live edge if that's something that you can design. So not just the pattern itself, but um, I think this works for physical and non-physical products. And I think that bigger point here is that I think I think the word earthy is the one that should really stick with you. From colors to an organic look to a just bringing the outside in. We have been hearing about this for a while now. I think it's just continuing with this. So keep that in mind. Um, so the next one is statement bathrooms. So people are looking for like standout pieces to give their bathroom character. That's hysterical. I feel like there's potential for that in every, in many niches. I'm not gonna say every, in many niches. And the next one is patinas that pop. So when working with metal, you can explore things like oxidized finishes, brushed textures and mirrored effects. I think that is great. Um, waves and wiggles. So before, like the la I think the last trend report, it was squiggles and scallops were kind of a texture that we were into, but we're going a little softer and more graceful now. So that sort of run in, you know, those harder designs have softened, as I just said. So things like um, accent pieces, lamps, furniture, wall art, anything, we're, we're softening a bit. But I still like that it's a little loosey-goosey with the waves and wiggles. I, I love that it's, it's like, it feels like gentle to me. Abstract forms is another one. Um, it says, for a fresh look, experiment with blob-like shapes resembling melting ice or lumpy cake batter. I think paying attention to this, this would really appeal, This would, or I should say it would really um, be relevant to digital products for sure, but also if you are making home decor. Um, I think also things like stickers. I think if you're designing any kind of digital download, as I just said, you would be using these as sort of your framing on your document or background design. Um, but I also think if you're in the, like let's say you're in print-on-demand shirts, this should inform part of how you design shirts going forward as well, just paying attention to some of these trends. Look and see what the best sellers on Etsy are doing and you'll just kind of look for blob-like shapes and see how you're seeing them applied and do well. Next is alternatives to the gallery wall. So um, who doesn't love a gallery wall? They're saying though to, like shoppers are looking for streamlined spaces. So they want bold wallpaper, large statement art instead of busy collections. So I, we're maybe like um, for parts of our home pulling away from the collections on the wall that have been so popular in the last several years. That's really interesting to me as someone who made wall art. Um, I love the idea of bold wallpaper. I feel like there's a really cool application for that you could create using Midjourney. Like I've been playing with the AI workshop. Um, that would be kind of like the sublimation art. You can use that to create wallpaper um, and you can make anything. That's super interesting. Hey there, how to sell your stuff fam. Real quick, I wanna make sure you guys know about my most popular free resource that's waiting for you over on my website. 
Seriously, thousands of people have downloaded this puppy because it's so packed with meaty tips to help you get more sales in your Etsy shop. So first of all, just a little background, or this won't mean much to you at all, but in case you don't know my story, when I first started my Etsy shop in 2016, I had been blogging for a while and had built a decent following on Facebook. We did a nursery reveal for some DIY reclaim wood signs that my husband built and we painted with homemade stencils. So cringeworthy now. And a few of my followers were like, oh my gosh, those are so cute. They're so rustic. Where can I buy those? And so as you can imagine, the wheels were just turning in my entrepreneurial little mind. With my baby, I wasn't going to be able to continue the social media consulting work that I've been doing because I was constantly on these team calls and needing to do hours and hours of deep focused work. And it just wasn't going to fly. And I really wanted to be present with my daughter. So that's how I ended up on Etsy. And I decided to try and sell Reclaim Wood signs. It was the height of the farmhouse craze. So just imagine like, thank you to the lovely Joanna Gaines, everything farmhouse, everything painted wood. And I thought with my blog followers, I might just have a bit of a leg up. But I was wrong. <laughs> I was dead wrong. I put in the hours. I got my first round of products fo ready, photographed, meticulously put together my listings, clicked publish, and absolutely nothing happened. And I think I made $60 total in the first few months because of my blog followers. And then it was like absolute crickets. So like you may feel if you're just getting started and not seeing results yet, I was confused and definitely a bit discouraged. I for sure thought that I was onto something and I didn't know at all why it wasn't working. <laughs> but the thing about a true-blooded entrepreneur is that we ultimately see business like a puzzle to solve, right? Like we find ways to make it fun. And we're a little bit stubborn and determined to just figure it out. As I always like to say, thanks to the book and phrase coined by Marie Forleo, everything is for figure outable. And so I dug my heels in and started studying everything I could find about making sales on Etsy. I studied the competition. I poured through best selling listings all over the internet. I took an Etsy course and I started testing things. And lo and behold, by about six months, I was making more and more and more sales. Like I just keep learning and tweaking and growing and testing until it started to work. And I built my monthly income to $6,000 plus per month. Like there were even months when I would hit 10, 11 or 12K and it was the best feeling ever. Like if you can just kind of put yourself in that moment where like you figure it out and you start really making the money. So full circle, back to that free resource that started this whole conversation. When I moved into the Etsy coaching space, I sat down and I wrote out everything that I had done to create results, like all the changes and tweaks I made that turned into more and more sales. And from that, I wrote the first rendition of my Etsy course, Listings That Sell. So I had somewhere to house like all of the details. And I created a free PDF outlining four major strategies I used so that I could help someone new or struggling to at least get started without having to invest in a course, right? So that PDF is called the four strategies I used to grow my Etsy shop from 25 to 6,000 plus per month. And it is by far my most popular, most downloaded freebie. You can absolutely check it out. The link is in the show notes for you. And I hope it gets your wheels turning and helps you start to move the needle in your Etsy shop in the direction of your goals. So grab it today and I cannot wait to hear about your takeaways. The next one we're going into is style trends. So for clothing, we're seeing versatile staples. Uh, people are, are really uh, interested still in the capsule wardrobes. This is where you only have a small wardrobe of nicer quality um, pieces as opposed to the fast fashion where you have tons and tons of choices, which so guilty of that. I like the variety but people are loving the smaller capsule wardrobe with flexible, seasonless pieces. 
So they are not, they're just, they're trendless. The trend is trendless there. Another one is moody details. So if you are interested in more what's happening right now, dark florals, soft goth styles, jagged open work. Um, what does that mean? Jagged open work, capture an angsty vibe. Hopefully someone in clothing knows what jagged open work means. That, I have no idea. It says though, 852% uh, year over year increase in searches on Etsy for Gothic clothing. This trend is apparently sticky because in the sense that it's been around and it continues to be here. This has been at least the last two trend reports, the Gothic, which is so interesting to me. Um, painterly effects. Look to art to inspire fresh takes on ombre and tie-dye patterns. I love that we still are loving the tie-dye because your girl loves tie-dye. Um, so that's wonderful to know. I know also I have worked with a couple of you who sell tie-dye, and so you will be very happy to see that you don't have to refigure your shop just yet. Linen is a favorite, favorite fabric for spring. Oh, this is so cute. So linen feels upscale yet casual. Agreed. It's a go-to for minimalists and, wait for it, coastal grandmothers alike. The fact that there's a whole trend called coastal grandmother, I it makes my heart so happy, and I just want to go crochet something. Volume is another one. Fringe. Um, peplum silhouettes. I don't know what that is, but someone smart does. Um, Rachel from So so Trendy <laughs> knows, knows what that is. Peplum silhouettes and dimensional details like frayed edges. Amp up the al altitude of garments. Okay, so just think big. Just think Texas hair in a dress. I'm just, I'm just kidding, but not. Fresh palette. So gelato pastels, neutrals, bright acidic pops like red and citrus green. And Etsy's 2024 color of the year, berry, are set to rule the season. Interesting. Uh, pastels, neutrals. I feel like, again, the this is not new. This is the same thing. We're like doing the serotonin boost colors. We're doing the neutrals. We're doing pastels. So basically, just rinse and repeat and add a lot of berry. Um, hard lines. Play with strong patterns like stripes and classic suiting-inspired hounds tooth and pinstripe. Okay, so classic. We love it. Feminine accents. So we're seeing lingerie-inspired details. Hello 90s again. Um, give more modest styles a romantic twist. Look to incorporate, incorporate corset features. Ruching, lace, ruffles, bows, silk, satin, sheerness, and roses. So feminine, but feminine lingerie. <laughs> I'm guessing we're going to just see more of the, like when they, back when we um, had those tank tops in the 90s that were like, it almost looked like a, like um a shirt you'd wear to bed and it was really silky like a like a silk um sleep outfit but we like wore them out uh but then also we're seeing the tie-up corsets in the back so i don't know and i'm sure the shirts that almost have like the built-in bra that's like super fitted against your body and has like a lacy texture i'm imagining the 90s all over again um but then alternatively and perhaps more my vibe cozy materials plush fabrics like soft velour and corduroy along with hairy textures like mohair are extra comforting and none of us are giving up our, co our cozy yet. Key items. This is really interesting. I've seen this. I've seen this again and again. Suits and sets. Soft blazers. We're seeing this like suits. I don't know where people are wearing them. Are we, are we not working at home anymore? I don't know. My family does. It's a, it's like our whole family culture. Loose button-down shirts, especially in linen, polo shirts, bralettes, column maxi skirts, strapless dresses, slip slip dresses, and tanks. This is amazing to me. This is much more formal than what we've been seeing. 
Also to my stitching people, the spotlight is still on you. So live it up. Again, this has got to be the third report. The spotlight is on sweaters and knit trends, color gradients, cheerful stripes, argyle variations, optical effects, effects, Key items are going to be knit vests, bralettes, maxi dresses, long cardigans, crew necks, polos, roll necks, v-necks, and sets. Yeah, retweet. Do we still say that? I don't know. Um, to the sets. I feel like shirt and pants together are a thing. And we're going to wrap up with jewelry and accessories. So we're seeing a um, an interest in charming pieces. Okay, this is, again, this is like repeat customizable and buildable charm bracelets and necklaces. Um, people are loving the personalization. 227% year over year increase in searches for custom charm necklaces. And then we're seeing mixed metals. So combining different metals, especially upcycled metals, that's really interesting and that's cool. Um, I would love to know how they do that. Sentimental styles. So nostalgic, here we go again, nostalgic lockets, again, are a meaningful gift while inflated bubble style letters update name and initial necklaces. Okay, so sort of the new monogram thing would be like bubble style letters. That's interesting. I love bubble style. Purse sellers, um, barrel bags are in right now. So consider the elongated shape of the new baguette style. There's a great picture of it on the trend report if you're in that space and that's interesting to you. Key items for jewelry are gonna be cuff bracelets, long pendant necklaces, illusion earrings, choker necklaces, and statement drop earrings. Drop earrings, I love that. Um, so like a play on the old kind of teardrop and it's gonna be more of a statement stand out, get my attention kind of a thing. So that wraps it up for the you know first quarter 2024 Etsy trend report. They usually come out with another one late spring for kind of what the summer trends are gonna be. So that will be the next time I will do one of these. But I think it's very interesting. I hope that you've gotten some ideas for your shop. At the very least, um, pay attention to where the marketplace is going. I, th I think it's interesting that it doesn't seem like it's actually moved a ton. Uh, I'd be really curious if you have an opposite opinion of that because maybe I'm missing something. But I'm seeing a lot of carryover from what we've seen the last couple reports. And that's kind of that actually feels kind of nice. It, it's we have a minute before we have to completely innovate everything. Um, but it's really helpful for your shop, even if none of these things specifically affect it, to understand where the marketplace is going. Because at some point, I don't care what you sell, at some point you're going to have to pivot a little bit and you want to always keep on track of what the market is doing. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I'm excited to see some of you tonight on the live group call. Um, I am ecstatic to see most of you in the Facebook group. Help me make that into what it needs to be. Um, but I think we're all going to be super happy to be able to build community there and get some questions answered and just support each other. So um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a part of the How to Sell Your Stuff family. It's an absolute, absolute joy to get to be here with you and provide this information and to get, bring you guests and interviews and um, strategy. It's just it's an absolute honor. And I love you, every single one of you so very much. And I'm rooting for you and your success. So 2024 is going to be your year. I am so excited. And until next week, go make something awesome. Bye, guys. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. 
If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.